1: Join the Council for the Model Aquatic Health Code, aka CMAC. CMAC is a member-driven organization that keeps the Model Aquatic Health Code sustainable, current, and complete. Your expertise is needed. Learn more at cmac.org. That's c-m-a-h-c.org.
2: How the hell you been?
1: My dog gave me a black
2: eye. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, and you can you can say that over and over and over, and I will I will push that. I will believe that. But uh, you know, some some of our listeners may may really want to know the real story behind that. that no, it uh, really,
1: but it really didn't happen. <laughs> I have a what year and a half, yeah, year and a half old chocolate Lab Ruger. Who, if you know anything about labs, they are very energetic. And I set the kids up to watch their shows in the playroom, grabbed my coffee, went to go sit on the couch. And as I'm I bend down to you know sit down, he comes to jump onto the couch next to me, to sit next to me, and his head and my head collide. Oh. Oh, it hurts so bad. Well, like I had, like I had to regroup for a second. Max was like, I need this. And I'm like, you're gonna have to wait one minute, okay? <laughs>
2: I can attest by the uh, dark circles around your, your left eye that uh, it had to be pretty painful.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm surprised. And, it didn't break and it's a actually bone. much
2: better today than it was when, yeah. when it first happened. So.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, but, unfortunately, uh, there's not enough makeup in the world, I guess, to get rid of the purple part. But at least cuts <laughs> it a little.
2: Uh, that's all right. It adds a little character. Don't you worry about it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but when so, you go out with with the person you're like hanging out with, and people look at you guys differently, like, oh my God, look what he did to her. It's like, no, he didn't. I swear, I don't hang out with people like that anymore.
2: <laughs> good, good for you. Good for you. Wow. So, um, what's uh, how's the weather out by you in lovely Sacramento this time of year?
1: It's been pretty nice, but it's going to be hot this weekend. It's supposed to be like 110 Saturday really? and Sunday. Yeah. Holy
2: crap. Wow.
1: Yeah. I will be uh, at home. I will not be at work.
2: Yeah. That's that's too much. You know, we, we've had in the Midwest, we, since the middle of May until maybe a week ago, uh, we've been in a, a bad drought spell. Like, I can't remember how long it's been since we've seen such dry weather. Everyone's grass is brown and the crops in the fields aren't doing well, blah, blah, blah. But this past week has been nothing but rain. And, you know, for the next handful of days, it looks like nothing but more rain, which, although we need it, as much as you want to have rain when you get into these periods, after a handful of days, it just really kind of mentally beats the hell out of you. Makes you like, Jesus, rain again today, rain again today. You know, it's hard for the guys in the field and gals in the field to to get their stuff done. Um,
1: That's how I feel you know. about the heat.
2: Yeah, right. It's a, Yeah. So we haven't seen that kind of heat yet this year. Typically we do. And usually it's about this time. So I'm wondering what's going to happen here.
1: I kind of think we're having like a shift in seasons. I feel like they're like a month off.
2: It's, it's been a weird, a weird weather pattern this year. You know, the, from late March until the middle of May, we had nothing but rain and cold. And then we had dry and some warmth for a good six weeks. And, actually just before fourth of july the the rain and cool weather kind of came back into the chicago market and set us all back a little bit so what we keep trudging through doing what we can do you know our our technicians in the field are are awesome they battle every day going out and you know when it's raining that doesn't stop us we still keep going and doing what we can do and uh you know, the, the people need to have us out there to fix their stuff, to keep their pools maintained and so on and so forth. So we're, we're lucky that we got a bunch of people out there that are that are troopers and keep going at it. But, you know, we've we've got with that, though, um, something that I, I I didn't tell you about yet, but uh, I'm kind of dealing with right now. I've got a client that we did. I'm going to say about $20,000 worth of work Mm -hmm. to their pool. Finished it up a couple of weeks ago. Started out as just a a vinyl liner replacement in ground pool, um, $5,000, $6,000 project. And, you know, we get the liner pulled out and the steel walls are completely rotted through. You know, we're seeing gravel that was backfill, you know, in areas and huge So there's a lot of structural issues. The floor is wrecked. Uh, They just bought the home last year in August. Um, This fiberglass step on the pool has cracks in it. We've gotta deal with that. And this, what started out as five or $6,000 ended up being like $20,000. So we go through and we do all the work. And when all is said and done, they got a beautiful pool. It's gonna last them many years. And an email comes through yesterday that says, hey, uh, you know, you guys told us we needed this. So we we went ahead and said, OK, but now I'm finding out we really didn't need to do that. And and after the fact, I don't know where they're getting this information, but after the fact, they're getting information that contradicts what we told them we needed to do to correct the situation. So... Part of it is falling back to we we have written agreements and and so forth that we do with all this stuff. And we had a contract we drew up for some of the additional work that involved removing 10 square feet of concrete to be able to repair one of the steel panels that had completely, you know, at the top of it, rotted away. Mm -hmm. And in the repair, we had to have steel fabricated to fit over the panel that was there, and in the end, our our field techs doing the repair found ways of addressing the issue without cutting up the concrete. And everybody that's ever dealt with tearing up concrete knows that once you tear it up, it never looks the same ever again. Yeah. If you've got a 30-year-old concrete deck sitting there and you tear out 10 square feet of it, everybody's always going to know that you tore up and patched 10 square feet of it. So they found a way to overcome what needed to be done. And in the process, you know, this this whole project we had budgeted, I want to say it was around 80 man hours to this project going into it. Well, through the course of it, we had verbal communication with the wife of what we're going to do to change our approach, not tear out the concrete. We can do it this way. It's going to actually be better, all this kind of stuff and did it. And, you know, through the course of the whole thing, we ended up spending a little over a hundred man hours in doing it, but we didn't go back to them and say, you know, we want to charge you additional for this additional time. We just, yeah. it was a better way to do it. Um, it's a $20,000 project. We can absorb the 20 hours and, and, you know, kind of take a hit on the margin and, and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, there were other problems in the pool we addressed along the way. We're putting new lights in. There was all kinds of electrical problems with conduit and junction boxes that had rotted out, transformers that had failed, that we went ahead and, and repaired and upgraded all of that service as part of it as well. So anyway, this email comes through yesterday, or no, this morning, actually, late last night, saw it this morning, and it says, the contract said you were going to do this, cut out this concrete 10 square feet, you didn't do it. And although he didn't completely come out and say it, and this is the husband now, not the wife, right? The wife is who signed the contract, uh, and she has a hyphenated last name, okay? Sign the contract under the last name unhyphenated. We don't even know that there's a husband that exists. <laughs> and now after fact, the husband's coming into play and saying, without saying so, I want something back because you didn't do everything you said you were going to do.
1: My dog gave me a black eye.
2: I actually have a a Teams Microsoft Teams meeting with him and his wife tomorrow afternoon to to review everything that we did and kind of see where we're going to go from here. Now everything is paid in full to us, but his email, which was probably two and a half pages long worth of email, most of it has just incorrect information. You you said you're well, number one, this the, these fiberglass steps that were cracked, somebody told him that the the pool didn't need to be drained and the liner didn't need to be replaced in order to fix those steps. And, you know, it's all that kind of nonsense that's in this email. And, and you know, through the course of it, it's like, ah, Jesus, why do I do this? You know? Yeah. Constantly dealing with this nonsense, but, but to his, his point, so I always stress with all of our staff that communication is the key to success in anything that you do. And with that, we can verbally communicate something, but I need everybody to have it backed up in writing. So we presented this additional work in a, in a written format that said, hey, for an extra $15,000 or whatever it is, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. At the point at which the field text determined that there was a better way of doing it, we didn't stop and say, we're going to put a change order in and do it this way, and we need you to accept that to continue on. Now, with that, the bulk of this work was done towards the end of May, if I'm not mistaken, like kind of right around Memorial Day, where everything is like slammed, trying to get stuff done and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, there are a lot of reasons as to why as much as I want to have this kind of stuff in writing and signatures and acknowledgments and so forth that it didn't happen. Um, But the end result is we didn't have anything in a written format and and again our communication was all with the wife and this is now the husband both of which are phds okay so they're very intelligent people but we didn't effectively a manage expectations at least from his standpoint and b communicate in a way that we had the ability to cover our ass in that, hey, we're we're going to do it this way. It's going to take us a little more time. It's going to be a better end result, longer lasting, and sign off here to say that it's okay for us to do this. Yeah. So now I have to almost, well, actually, it's it's a little over a month later, which is interesting, right? you know, a month later. Yeah, it always
1: happens a month later.
2: This person is now questioning, you know, the aspect of everything we did as a third party to everything that transpired, you know, what's going on. But uh, anyway, in in my however many decades I've been doing this, um, you know, I have definitely found that if you have communication, if you explain things thoroughly, if you have written agreements where it's necessary, Uh, you know, if you have somebody that is not someone that you've got a long-term history with, and these people having just moved into the house last August, we don't have any real history with. You know, we went and did an orientation with them in August. We closed the pool late September, and then in February, they reached out and said, we want to put a new liner in the pool. And that's where this, this process started. We don't have any history with them. Most of our clients, you know, well, a lot of them, the majority of them we've got many many years or decades worth of experience and and you can kind of give a little bit on those but the the people that you don't have that kind of rapport with for a long long period of time you really need to be careful with right. so inevitably our team put us into a position where now tomorrow is going to be a, a a meeting in the afternoon and and you know, we'll see where it goes, if there's going to be any kind of financial liability to it, or if I'll be able to kind of walk them through the process and explain everything we did and how what we did actually ended up reducing the money that we made because we spent more time and actually more materials and what the guys did, uh, to, to make the, res- the the end result which result is we took a pool that truly i think many would have walked into and said oh you gotta tear this out you know it's gonna be 80 90 100 grand start over and for 18 or 20 grand we put them back into a position where you know other than a new liner in the next eight to ten years the pool is going to be solid for yeah. quite a while yeah. but uh So anyway, you know, the the communication aspect of stuff is, is critical, I think, in anything that we, any of us do in managing expectations of those that we're doing the work for.
1: My dog gave me a black eye. Kelly and Dan will be right back after these messages.
0: Have you heard there is a group of pool service professionals nationwide that are here to help grow and protect your business? The Independent Pool and Spa Service Association, known as IPSA, is here to help you. By joining the largest trade organization created by and for pool and spa service techs, you gain access to industry networking opportunities, exclusive educational offerings, IPSA's tech for tech route coverage, and more. So be independent, supported, and part of a professional community. Go to IPSSA.com to learn how to be a member of IPSA today day
1: even i over time have had to change things so that there was no way of any miscommunication so that's me becoming like the form queen you know like i have a form when i'm done with my startup here's your results and it says on and i they have to sign it and it says my results are only good for 24 hours <laughs> because if you don't do that unfortunately yeah people try to get one over my dad's being sued by somebody right now because he wouldn't put a light in he or he went there checked it out or had to special order the light special order the light told them it was in they didn't get back to him for six months the light was sold to someone else not from him like distribution was like sorry you've had this on your account too long we need it for someone else there were some hiccups to where he He tried putting a light in, but because of the conduit, he couldn't. And so now he's just like, he didn't charge him for anything at all. Not any any of the times he was out there. And now they're suing him for $1,800 because someone else had to do the light.
2: Sure. But, you know, years ago, we were sued for not building a uh, commercial pool. This is you know, might go back 25 or more years, but we were contracted by a developer who built a a, uh, a development of townhomes
0: mm-hmm.
2: and the townhomes development had a community center and a community pool. And they contracted the developer, contracted with us to build the community, built the pool. And in the state of Illinois, permits had to be uh, applied for that. The pool itself being commercial um, had to be done in conjunction with the community center so that they knew there was adequate bathrooms and drinking fountains and, you know, all this other kind of stuff that goes in into having one of these facilities. So we had uh, an agreement with the developer as to what we were going to do, and the developer submitted their plans along with ours to the state of Illinois, and they consistently were failed because the building, the pool house, the clubhouse, if you will, was not meeting what the state needed. So the state kept kicking it back saying, oh, you don't have enough bathrooms, you don't have enough showers, you don't have enough drinking fountains, you don't have enough outlets, all this lighting, all this kind of nonsense. Not nonsense, I mean, all this kind of stuff. There was never any issue with our pool portion. The Homeowners Association, over a year into it, finally got fed up and filed a lawsuit because all of these people bought these townhomes being told that they would have a community center and a pool.
0: Yeah. And they
2: didn't. So it ended up going to court. And in court, we were found liable for having not built the pool. What? Yep. And it ended up costing us uh some 50,000 dollars or more that we had to pay to the homeowners association in in you know penalties whatever you want to call it because we didn't build the pool and we were contracted to build the pool and we didn't build the pool regardless of the fact that it wasn't our fault that our pool permit application was fine it never was rejected once but because of it being tied into the the clubhouse, it was failed. Um, You know, we, we had, and, and we ended up having to pay 50 some thousand dollars to this homeowners association having never built a pool.
1: That's crazy.
2: Right. You know, there, there are things that, that you just can never really know how something is going to go. and, you know, if if you don't have high level communication as well as as the signed agreements to back everything that's going on, you you never know where things are gonna end up. Right. And you know, the fifty thousand dollars was only part of the expense to us because, of course, we had to have attorneys involved. Um, it it time away from staff doing other things as we're dealing with all of the, you know, presentations of data and, and documents and all the rest of the stuff that, uh, that we had to do through the process. But there, there are definitely, definitely a number of weird things that, that can happen. You know, our business, we do a tremendous amount of credit card, uh, transactions. You know, last year, I think we are right around $9 million in, in overall revenue. And I I think that somewhere in the neighborhood of 7 million of that was run through credit cards. And we we've been using for a couple of years now, Adobe's electronic signature service, if you will, to try to alleviate the potential of chargebacks because so much the, the a significant part of our business is service and you know we got technicians running all around chicagoland area fixing and repairing and upgrading stuff and inevitably you know they go out to someone's house and and the pump is dead and we need a new pump well a variable speed pump for us is a few thousand dollars installed right yeah it's not it's not a uh, small transaction anymore it's it's you know it's not like it used to be where you could have a five six hundred dollar pump so when we run into that we always try to you know our, our policy is that we need to send them uh, an adobe electronic signature document that they can just click the sign and then the technician can continue and and get that pump replaced and get them back up and running and, it you know, it seems whether it's it's for something that's $3,000, $5,000, like a pump or a filter or a heater or something as minimal as a couple hundred dollars, inevitably have every year a handful of things that end up being credit card disputes. Yeah. And when it comes back down to it, I find that somewhere along the line, we didn't do what our procedures are. We didn't get those Adobe documents signed, authorizing the purchase, authorizing the work to be done and end up taking the hit for whatever it is that the customer wants to dispute. You know, we one of uh, a liner replacement we did recently that was probably four to five thousand dollars, the balance of the liner, the, the customer is. Disputing because they, they are saying they didn't authorize the charge on their card. There's nothing wrong with any of the work that was done. It's perfect. It's beautiful. There are pools up and running. Communities, an area that that is a little, you know, like in-ground pools really shouldn't be built there, you know. And, <laughs> and uh, this person probably knew that they kind of had us over a barrel because they didn't sign off on something. And they're disputing with the credit card and we don't because we didn't in that instance follow our policy and, and make sure the communication and the documentation was all in place. Now I'm, I'm in a battle with a credit card company that more than likely I will lose because yeah. ultimately with credit card companies, if somebody is not satisfied with a service, you're going to end up losing.
1: I and had one where... um a lady disputed the deposit for a startup because I, she said I, she never received the services. What really happened was I show up to this pool to do a startup and there's no equipment really installed. And so I told her, I was like, okay, well, I'll start this, but you have to have your equipment ready within seven days. And I gave her a bid for me to do it, but she never got back to me until I was super busy. So I was like, I can't do it. She never got it done. So then finally, I was just like, OK, well, I'm not returning until this happens. I get a call a couple of weeks later and supposedly everything's fixed. So I drive out there and nope, everything's in the exact same order it was before. Mm-hmm. My dog gave me a black
0: eye.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Talking Pools podcast. Uh, Make sure you stay tuned next week. This is actually going to be a two-part episode. So, yeah, tune back in next week to hear the conclusion. Thank you.